Hello, listeners. This is Chris Leva, and we also have over here Mackenzie Worrell, and we're here for season two of Writers Get Animated. I just want to let you know about one small thing. We have one host, I'm not going to mention his name because you know it, it's Mackenzie Worrell, who's going to be phoning it in for this first episode. Literally phoning it in. So there may be some get up where the audio kind of, but it's going to be okay. So we're happy to be back with season two and episode two of season two won't have these weird audio fun things. They'll have new different fun things. It's just the part of one host being in Ohio and one host being in California. Fade in. Chris and Mackenzie on a rainy rooftop. Take this guy. Armed robbery, double homicide, got a taste for theatrics. Like you. Leaves a calling card. Batman turns the card over. It is a joker. I'll look into it. I never said thank you for season one. And... You'll never have to. It's season two of Writers Get Animated. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated. I am Chris Leva. And I'm somehow still Mackenzie Worrell. And this is still Writers Get Animated. The second season. When last... Well, it's not still the second season. Well, I know, but it's still Writers Get Animated, but now it is the second season. We're doing this. Oh, it's still Writers Get Animated. It's suddenly season two. When last we left our heroes, we were talking about Tailspin and DuckTales, and now we're talking about not Batman, as you would assume from the opening, but... And our guest star. the And our guest star of Batman, but... We are talking about Joker, the Joker, the best Joker, who is, in two words, Mark Hamill. I'm just going to throw that out there. Those aren't words in Scrabble. You can't use those. Uh, you're right, because they're proper nouns. They are uh-huh. the most proper nouns in describing the Joker. See what I did there? Well, but it is true. I mean, Mark Hamill is, he's been the Joker for... Going on 30 years, over 30 years. That's all right. 25 years. It's been a very long time since the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill has He's played been the Joker. Joker. He's had more screen time as a Joker than he has as Luke Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, ep- when episode eight comes out, maybe he'll have more. He'll, uh, he'll It'll be just all Luke Skywalker in episode eight. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. It's the anti- episode seven where it's all luke skywalker and then everyone comes in at the end i would watch that movie is it a flashback is it just luke's story it's luke's Luke's story story the whole time and then we get the ending of episode seven as the same ending of episode eight i'd be so mad that's a different topic though it is a very different topic but uh we should have started the writers get animated fanboy timer Oh, yes. Um, because 
So we're going to put one minute on the clock where we can fanboy out about Mark Hamill and how awesome Mark Hamill is just in general. That way we get it out of our system and then can speak character-wise about Joker and speak more literarily. Ready? Ready. Okay, let me um, put a minute on the timer. Uh, I, I need a timer. All my devices are in use. <laughs> okay, minute on the timer. Here we go. Go. I love Mark Hamill so much. I dressed up as Luke Skywalker for Halloween. Well, when I was a kid, I enjoyed taking lukewarm baths because of Mark Hamill. I had a lot of fevers. I had a lot of fevers. You and get I would, a second one because I haven't prepared another one. I get, a, I get another one. Um, when I, I would rewatch those episodes of The Flash with Mark Hamill when he was the trickster. And the only reason why I watched the new Flash was to eventually get to the episode where Mark Hamill was in it. Oh, he's the in trickster. the new Flash? Yes. I'm going to watch that show just for Mark Hamill. See? The trickster. <laughs> the preliminary of the Joker. That's right. It was it was very much in line with um, who he was, uh, who his Joker became, was the trickster from The Flash. Uh, which was interesting it's like because it's... Around the same time it started because of Danny Elfman had the same theme of the uh, wrote the theme to the Flash TV series and did the theme for. OK, I'm sorry. We're done. That was a minute. <laughs> OK, fanboy time over. <laughs> no more information. Your informative minute is done. <laughs> I wouldn't call it an informative minute, but the writers get animated fanboy timer has gone off. So we shall continue. No more fanboy like statements for the rest of the episode it's out of the system okay. all the joker in yes. the context of mostly mark hamill well correct so who Ooh. is the joker i retort with who is the joker not who okay who is the joker not the joker is not a random villain He's not your villain of the week. He's not your standard crime boss. He doesn't want things that you typically associate with villains. Like his, his motivators are not money, power, fame, vengeance, any of the good stuff, any of the easy ways out. He's a complex character. And so shows where he is not approached in the same way, don't have as, as successful as a Joker. Um, although I will talk in this episode about how I like the show The Batman, and I do, their Joker is not hitting the right note because their Joker doesn't have any relationship with Batman before becoming the Joker. He just shows mm. up as the Joker, doesn't know who Batman is, and is just doing things to be crazy. But is the Joker the same person we meet in, let's say, Tim Burton's Batman, where they have... A very, I mean, I'm not saying that the Joker is Jack Napier and needs to be that exact character, but are they that tied to each other where the Joker's creation is tied to the actions of Batman? I don't know if his creation has to be necessarily, necessarily? <laughs> necessarily tied to Batman. His creation doesn't, uh, but his motivation certainly is. Okay. I think it's more powerful almost if his creation isn't tied to Batman and he just finds order in a chaotic world by 
having this one person to harass. It's like, wait a minute, I found my focus in life and it's this person who dresses up like a bat. Mm-hmm. Now I can be my true self, damaged because in whatever this person is damaged. Is... You know, because yeah. this person is what? You were gonna he's say a bat. He he's a bat. He's a man bat. Oh, he's he's dressing up in pajamas and going out in the streets. So certainly I Joker's can dress broken up. on the inside, but Batman's broken on the outside. I suppose that's true. Joker but wears a suit. He wears real people clothes. He's a business suit. It's Batman bit, wears pajamas. Right, it's but it's purple. It's a clown outfit. Purple was a popular color back then. Yeah, for Samuel L. Jackson. Okay, <gasps> it's a sign of royalty. That would be an He's amazing He would do an amazing Joker. I think Samuel L. Jackson as the Joker. Dear listeners, you cannot hear the face that I'm making, but I hope you can at least catch a smidgen, a smidgeny grumble of my stank eye. All right, fine. No offense to Mr. L. Jackson. Mr. L. (laughs) Never mind. Mr. Jackson. Sorry, Mr. Jackson. Um. It's a Black Eyed Peas song, isn't it? it, it I no, almost went in. Outcast. No, stop, stop, stop. The bat. So we know who the Joker is not. He's not the villain of the week. What does he function as in the world of Batman? Besides being the opposite end of the coin. Now he's Two Face uh, for Batman. Well, they they say that line. One of these in the Batman. In fact, they say the coin metaphor, which is another eye roll um but the joker is like this um i don't know what the word i'm looking for he's like a a thermometer for society so each each generation's depiction of the joker means something for that society is that what you're trying to say no more like the uh the society in gotham that Batman. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were yeah, saying not us society. We I mean, deserve animated society. Okay, I see. I fictional society. I was like, oh, now we deserve Jared Leto. <laughs> like that's that's the Joker we deserve now. And I mean, we do. Well, we do. I haven't. I haven't although seen honestly, it. yes. Go ahead. Honestly, mm-hmm. if he decides to pick up another career, I think Donald Trump would make an excellent Joker. Look at the hair, the suit. Dear listeners, you cannot hear the face that I'm giving (laughs) McKenzie, but just know it's a... Yeah, moving on. So the Society of Gotham defines Joker and who Joker is and becomes. In Mm -hmm. Dark Knight or other places, he becomes a sense of anarchy who needs to tear down everything, including um, the bad parts of the society. So taking down the underworld and the overworld, so to speak. He is very much like this classic aesthetic to him a lot of the times too. I see it not just as like current society, but like especially in the 80s with Margaret Thatcher being such a big topic in a lot of comics at the time and trying to get back to a society, a perfect society of the past that never existed. I think the Joker's a little bit of a projection of that in some iterations where he looks very classic and he looks like the kind of society that we used to have that 
air quotes used to have that was supposedly mm -hmm. great, but he's showing like the dark side of what that used to be. Especially when we get into things like the Dark Knight comic series or the Killing Joke or things that way. Um, mm -hmm. What's interesting is when the Joker tries to prove a point by his actions that he's trying to. And I think that's the one weird thing about the Killing Joke, which just came out. Um, we haven't. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it yet? I have read the comic. Well, I've read the and comic. I've read a but synopsis I mean, of the new parts of the movie. Yeah, I haven't watched the new movie, and it's um, getting to be more controversial than the original because of things that they added that weren't in the original comic, which is very interesting. Uh, I look forward to seeing it and judging for myself. So I try not to read a lot yes. of things, but it's very hard to miss headlines and uh, photos of scenes that happen. That can't be unseen. Right. Um, ugh. but the, anytime that the Joker yeah. has a point to make and is making an argument, the Joker has a thesis statement and his actions will then prove that hypothesis. I posit, says the Joker, ha 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 ha, because he has to have his laugh in there. That's, I don't want to blow out my microphone with a Joker laugh. But I mean, we can never live up to Mark Hamill's. Like, I know I'm not. Laugh. I'm not even going to try. the The man is iconic. That's as far as I'm going to say. <laughs> the laughs that Mark Hamill can produce are. I'm going fanboy, so I'm stopping. So he, um, when he posits his hypothesis of all it takes is one bad day for a good person to become a deranged, unhinged Batman villain rogues gallery person that's all it takes just the if the day is bad enough and we hit you in all the right parts of your psyche and take away all the good in your life you will crumble and be as broken as i am which is always strange when he's making an argument that way um in mm -hmm. the dark knight it's the same argument but told in a I feel more effective way than the killing joke, I would say. But um, you were going to say? Yeah, I I will often not say many positive things about the Dark Knight, but I would agree with that statement. It's, this, <laughs> it's a similar story in a more effective way. I definitely... I could see what Joker... I, I agree with your hypothesis and the Joker proving something. He's, he's a social scientist at his best. <laughs> at his worst and kind of like a reverse psychiatrist an unpsychiatrist which i think is so <laughs> clever when they, they pair him in batman the animated series with an actual psychiatrist harley and quinzel created specifically even... for the um the animated series and now making her big screen debut as not a psychiatrist in some form yeah, I, I will. Say I guess you could say a bartender is like a psychiatrist, except more demeaning to women. I I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I don't know how to respond. Um, so we today we're going to talk about the Joker and Mark Hamill um, as the Joker and why he is the definitive Joker by going through two episodes of the Batman the Animated Series.
season one, the second episode, Christmas with the Joker. So the first appearance of the Joker in the animated series and um, season one, episode 51. A lot of episodes in season one. Um, it was the 90s. The Man Who Killed Batman. Now, the Joker has also appeared in animation several other times, most recently by Mark Hamill again in The Killing Joke, but and in the series The Batman, played by Kevin Michael Richardson, Under the Red Hood, which was a really dark, dark movie, DC animated movie, um, with John DiMaggio, and will be seen next year in the Lego Batman movie, played by everyone's favorite cat question mark cat question mark zach galifianakis so i have trouble picturing that but i suppose i'll have to picture it when i see the movie well i i figure they're trying to find will arnett and who the joker with will arnett could be so i'm just hoping they let them in the same room when they did any recordings because I think the two of them would be able to create something interesting. I hope they do something that's the exact opposite of everything we're going to talk about today, where Batman is serious and the Joker's crazy. And because Will Arnett's already so zany as Lego Batman, that the Joker's just this complete deadpan Zach Galifianakis. I don't know. The image of the Joker has him with essentially sharpened fangs in an angry mouth. So Christmas with the Joker. <laughs> Let's talk about what Christmas with the Joker is. The first Mark Hamill as a Joker ever on the face of the earth. And so what, good. And what happens in the episode? Just as a small well, summary. Oh, so the beginning, which is so lovely cartoon it's like robin and batman about to go patrol the town on christmas eve and robin's just talking to batman as if they're like punching in for work like oh let's just stay in and watch oh it's a wonderful life you'd really like it okay and then a series of like kooky misadventures later we wind up back at bruce main's bruce main bruce wayne's <laughs> manor um and there's like a, a sentence at some point that I didn't write down where they mention six or seven outdated forms of technology in one go. <laughs> oh, we got loaned a VHS because you can't record things. And I have a telephone for you on the silver platter. And do you know the sonar is going off right now? And there's a lot of outdated <laughs> technology. Um, but the Joker has taken over the airwaves so they can't watch it's a wonderful life not that they're mad about that per se that's a subplot <laughs> but he's having hostage commissioner gordon uh detective bullock and then uh this says a lot about her character because i don't remember her the newscaster person um i can't remember who it is but she's somebody also at the police department but oh, they I thought that she was on the news no they never say her name oh. really i think she is a character but they kind of like give up on her character not far into the actual airing. Well, the hard part but the is... the Joker's holding them hostage, and he's making his own special holiday special. A la Raiders getting animated. Um, and so he's having his own Christmas special, and he wants Batman to find him, or he's going to kill the hostages before midnight. Hilarity ensues. Right. It's, 
And we just have Batman just trying to find his way to the signal and figure out where the Joker is and bring him into justice. Mm-hmm. And Joker has the lovely studio audience of cardboard cutouts of people of Gotham, including Batman, looking very stern and stoic in the front row. The best. I, I just love that shot. Uh, it's so good. I forgot how much I loved it because it's so ridiculous. And there's so many characters in it that you don't even like this is the second episode of the show. You don't know any of these characters yet, <laughs> but they're just in the audience. Um, what would you say works? What does what happens with the Joker specifically that works for you in this episode? Um, what I found to be interesting is we get the introduction to Joker uh, getting onto a Christmas tree and blasting through the roof to escape, singing Jingle Bells, Batman Spells, Robin Laid an Egg. So at the very first part, he's addressing the concerns of the audience of all you know of Batman now, children of the 90s, you know, is... The jingle bells, Batman smells. When you when you get to Christmas, that's what we encounter, and the fact that he plays on that immediately just says says a lot about what they're going for. They're assuming that you're bringing certain things and certain knowledge to the show, and aren't going to feed you a lot. I had to look up if that originated from the show or not. I didn't know. I don't believe it did. It didn't. It's from the 70s. I was like, I remember singing that as a kid. Um, Batmobile lost a wheel and Joker got away. There are other versions and you could make it darker or dirtier or do other, do other things with, the, with it. But uh, basically, Batman does smell. He's, Ultimately. He's in, a, he's in a rubber suit running around jumping around unless he has bat deodorant on him in his utility belt. The man more than likely smells. It's I, the nineties too. Yeah. It's the nineties. There's no ax. Like maybe the fifties question mark. I, yeah. The, the, the art deco setting of Gotham makes it feel more like the forties and fifties. Although sometimes mm. with the, Technology, they don't know exactly where they are in time. Blimps! <laughs> They're more advanced. A cannon observatory. They're less advanced. They're more advanced. They're less advanced. They're more advanced. They're less advanced. I don't know. But uh, you, you, I really enjoy that this this whole plot is the Joker trying to give Batman a Christmas present. That's That's it. That's all he's trying to do is saying, come find me. I have a present for you. And Batman wouldn't come on his own, so he has to kidnap people, and he has to broadcast it for the whole city, so Batman will see it because he doesn't know he doesn't have Batman's cell phone number. Those didn't exist back then, right? And he doesn't know who Batman like, is. Hmm? He doesn't know who Batman is, so debatably, I suppose. Not at this point. Not at this point. I doubt doubt that he does. But you- I also, for me, I think that the a defining Joker moment is when the newscast, like the, the Joker is going to blow up a bridge with a train on it. 
and he's just holding his like fist upside down with like a little elf outfit and lipstick on it. So he's like talking with his fingers as if he's a hand puppet. It's literally a hand. Um, and the hand puppet's announcing the bridge is going to be blown up and everyone on the train is going to die. And the newscaster starts crying out. And they go over and she's like, oh, my mother's on that train. And then just Joker, as the elf responds, like, well, that's just too bad. <laughs> and the newscaster is crying. And then his hand is just smiling. It's not even the Joker. It's just like this wacky hand shtick that he's doing. <laughs> right. It, that I mean, that's who Joker is. He doesn't. He wants you. He, he does the opposite of what a clown is supposed to do. He makes you cry. He makes you cry and he terrorizes you. Well, I suppose I I have lots of family members who are afraid of clowns. So maybe clown, he is doing what a clown is supposed to do or is designed to do and instill fears into adults instead of children and traumatize you and traumatize you with something deep in your core. Christmas. Christmas. Why Christmas? Like why 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 is it Christmas? Why is he going after Christmas? I what think is there's the a lot of there. The, I mean, it's at this point he has no family. Batman is his family. He's giving Batman a Christmas present. Even at the end, Batman catches him and says, "Merry Christmas." And the Joker just goes, bah humbug, as if it's like a little like thing that they do every year. Like, every year he's going to kidnap Commissioner Gordon, try to dump him in a vat of acid, and then instead give Batman his present. Yeah. I, the, the one thing, well, it is predictable because Batman keeps telling Robin that something's going to happen. Something's mm -hmm. going to happen. The Joker's going to act. And Robin keeps saying... Well, surely not on Christmas Eve, because, you know, the Joker has, I don't know, busy on Christmas Eve, doesn't want to bother himself. All of his Batman's villains are Christian. He's no diversity. Pro probably. They all like to celebrate the high holy days of Christianity. <laughs> Add, add of Christianity because High Holy Days is a Jewish It sounds thing. not like Christianity. It's it's yeah. not. It's a it's a Jewish thing. And I course corrected and didn't want to draw attention to it. So Swoop. <laughs> So what does this tell us about Joker as we move into our next example? Is I mean here we get Joker alone with a couple like not nameless henchmen, but a couple henchmen. Um, none of them important. No, none of them important. But we know the Joker is a foil for Batman. And in this case, he's not the opposite of Batman. He's the reason why Batman is so concerned and paranoid. He justifies Batman's idiosyncrasies here instead of what you'd normally expect from a foil where they're just showing the extreme end of something. Right. As a character, he's establishing more of who Batman is at this point, while also doing a very good Joker establishment. So it's not in terms of creating, this is how far, this is the danger of Batman being Batman. He could become this. It's not about that. It's, mm -hmm. it's something else that could exist in the world of 
damaged people of Gotham. It's like it's exactly like Dark Knight when is it Dark Knight when they have the the cameras everywhere? Uh, yes. As a tangent, that's that's Dark Knight. They have the cameras everywhere. Yeah, it's justifying like the world is a paranoid place. And everyone says you shouldn't have to be, but the Joker makes it so you have to be. Yes, that's a very good good point. I guess. <laughs> uh, do you take other things out of that episode? I think it's just that Joker is enjoying himself, and that Joker uh, is always out to have a good time, and his form of good time is dangerous to the lives of people and people those people love Mm -hmm. he he gets off on adrenaline and destruction and torture and Mm -hmm. torment and that's just really exciting to him and that's what's scary is laughing in the face of someone whose family is gonna die that is a scary i wish i could do a good mark hamill laugh right here yeah But what's interesting about Mark Hamill in this role, um, he was recently at Star Wars Celebration. And we'll expect to talk about the Joker. What was right? Not not always, but it's Mark Hamill. He said, ask me questions. And so people did. And it's a whole hour long thing. We're going to post links in our show notes to the full conversation, which is well worth your time. Um, And to also his little bit where he talks about the Joker. And in talking about the Joker, he talks about that he approaches each appearance of the Joker as if it's the first time you're seeing or meeting the Joker. So you're getting the Joker fresh every single time, which means in a lot of ways, there's no backstory to worry about. There's no continuity. So making it about that character is when you meet him, it's a completely new set of rules. And you can't rely on the old rules from before because this Joker that you're getting is going to have different motivations, going to react differently. He may not... It's, it's never predictable. It's never predictable what he will do. And because of that, I think it's a really effective way to approach the a character of this is the first time you're meeting him. And what is this situation going to look like? Which is, again, scary. Very mm-hmm. scary. So you can I, do the, I could do the Joker theme song. That's fine. We'll do the Joker do. theme. So in The Man Who Killed Batman, season one, episode 51, now we're 49 episodes away from the first appearance of the Joker, um, we get a man, uh, a snively little guy, Sidney, who wants to become a big guy in the crime scene of Gotham. Because who wouldn't? That's where the money is. That's where his heart's really in the right place. Right. Exactly. That's the best way in Gotham to get ahead is to break bad Gotham style. He's going to. Is this because they're running drugs? 
They are running drugs. They may be blue. I don't know. They never show us the drugs. I'm not saying that they're the color blue. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sydney I'm just saying the blue man group was in town at the time. <laughs> so Sydney wants to become um, a big heavy hitter in the crime world. He gets involved with his drug ring who are essentially using Sydney as bait for Batman. So they will use him as a distraction while the drug deal goes on and Batman will handle Sid Sydney. And um, maybe they'll give him the name Sid the Squid. And in this tussle with Batman, Sydney inadvertently knocks Batman over, over uh, the roof towards a broken po propane tank. And there's a massive explosion and he is left holding Batman's cape and cowl, showing that Sid the Squid has vanquished Batman. Mm -hmm. And now the notoriety of this person who has defeated Batman and has done what the, the villains of Gotham have only aspired to do, which is doing Batman. And the trouble that uh, this causes in terms of getting captured by the Joker, the ultimate Batman villain, ultimate villain villain. And to say, you know, you, you killed Batman. You've, you ruined it. Mm -hmm. You ruined the fun. It's so, a really good, sad Joker moments. And you could tell he's the only one who really sees it that way in his gang, which is such a good contrast. And it's such like a, it's an unjokery move in terms of what he's doing too. Like, let's rob a jewelry store. No shtick, no reason. Well, the only reason is to flush out the bat. Mm -hmm. We're gonna go rob a jewelry store for the sole purpose of seeing if Batman comes. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's they, all we're gonna do. They don't even take anything with them. You no, just hardly to put it all back. Oh, that that moment of anger that he shouts at harley she's like oh, i'm gonna take this jewelry he just shouts at her that was heartbreaking and scary yeah it was raw yeah there's just raw emotion and when raw like, emotion gets involved it gets even scarier wwe emotion yeah raw got it there we go wasn't there i was there i'm here i'm there now <laughs> i'm here <laughs> So uh, that's I think that's when Joker gets to be scary because now he's actually feeling things. I mm -hmm. think in all the other instances of Joker, he's not necessarily feeling things deeply. And this is him lashing out in absolute anger and grief. He's going through the stages of grief of losing his foil. Friend? friend uh so he's lose he's lost batman and he's going against that um and there's a scary moment several scary moments even though you, like you're just following sid for this episode you don't have that much in, invested in him emotionally but they stake him in a coffin lock it shut and throw him in a vat of acid you watch that coffin and sink down to that vat of acid you're like there's no way this guy is getting out of this 
You're right. And uh, it's tempered by Harley Quinn playing Kazoo, playing Amazing Grace on Kazoo, um, which um, this episode you can watch on Amazon Prime. While I was watching it on um, my TV, my iPad was giving me some facts about the episode and they did that in one take. And they couldn't do it a second time because they were all laughing too hard to try to do the kazoo a second time. They were like, thank God you did it in one take because nobody could hold it together. Every, all the producers were laughing while she did it. And then she could not do it a second time because it was just <laughs> too far. And I think you hear in the end when she's quivering in the final note, you can sort of... <laughs> sort of here like i think it's going off the rails so it's amazing one single take of amazing grace uh, they were afraid they were going to get letters <laughs> from groups saying this was sacrilegious but it wasn't it was sacrilegious <laughs> that's that's the favorite kind of sacra finger licking good <laughs> Uh, oh man, that it was, it's refreshing also because you're not getting like any typical Joker stuff until the faux funeral and they play Amazing Grace on Kazoo. So it's just like refreshing and how crazy it is. Right. And Joker is actually crying. He's, you know, tears. Yeah, coming he to cries. It's really sad. So he's putting on all the trappings of who he is, but the eulogy that he gives is a really great monologue at the end where he's just talking about Batman and the loss of Batman. It's a, it's a really great monologue. Your next audition. Yeah. It's my next audition piece. If I went to auditions, Batman. <laughs> yes. I'll be reading the part of Alexander Hamilton. Uh, I've prepared a monologue from the man who Mark killed that man, <laughs> Mark Hamilton. That's right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what do we get out of, again, we talked about this being a dangerous Joker, an emotional Joker, which you don't normally get, um, but you totally buy it. Um, and the voice, because we didn't, we haven't talked quite about the voice of the Joker, but uh, the, I found it. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, like, it's it's Mark Hamill does such an excellent job with it. And I found at one point he described it as he always brings a wide range of joyful, gleeful, maniacal, malevolent and evil laughs. It's true. It's true. There's not a single Joker laugh. You can sort of see where it, it plays in waves in terms of hitting the certain joke and then realizing how funny it is. And then the laughing gets bigger and bigger and bigger from there. So he's, it shows, um, in especially the, the clip that they had of him, um, from star Wars celebration, where he's reading a line from the killing joke and you feel him figuring something out and learning about something. And then he catches himself and realizes how funny it is. And starts laughing and then laughs harder and laughs harder. It's 
like those people where they hear themselves laughing and that makes them laugh more because then they realize what they sound like when they're laughing and it just gets bigger. He's the only actor I would listen to do a single thing for 22 minutes. If I could just listen to Joker laughs, because I know (laughs) it would be emotionally, it would be a, it would be a roller coaster of emotions of just laughing. That's all the episode could be. And I'd be perfectly okay with it. Yeah. He he's able to tell a story through laughter, uh, an emotional story through laughter and not children's laughter. No, no, no. <laughs> so what was your favorite thing in these two episodes? Ah, uh, there's a great line in the, the man who killed Batman after the Joker realizes Batman isn't coming to the scene of his crime. Batman really is dead. Um, he starts pacing around and he just completely almost breaks the fourth wall. And he's just like pacing around madly going, there's a certain rhythm to these things. I cause trouble. Batman shows up. We laugh. I go to jail. Rinse, repeat. <laughs> You're so self-aware, Joker. But there's a certain rhythm to these things. It's my favorite moment in there. I think mine was from that that same scene but that the moment when he shouts to Harley to to put it back that that was my favorite moment because it kind of I I I had a flinch I had a jerk reaction of it was father to a child shouting him down like you're not listening you're not listening mm-hmm. and he's feeling so much that suddenly I think my child has broken me. I think that's that's all that this is. It's just the idea that being broken by having a having a kid. But um just put it back and just losing losing himself. I really tied in with the Joker at that that moment. I like that you imagine yourself as the Joker when you're picturing how to be a good father. I didn't say that I try to be a good that's not what the sentence I wanted to say. <laughs> uh yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm just saying i related to that moment of feeling feeling one thing and the expression of that feeling coming out as a different unexpected unintended feeling he's feeling grief which comes out as furious furious anger and impatience it's like much like you might feel tired but it comes out as intolerant rage. When really, all, all when, anything coming out as rage that's not originally rage, that's what this is. I'm 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 saying there are feelings that come out that are not the feeling that you're feeling. And Joker, so in the fatherhood machine, you can put any feeling in, and anger comes out. I didn't say anger. I said different emotion comes out. A different rage, emotion, fury. Hatred, anger. I think this is a good segue to our (laughs) homework time. Next time, we are going to be talking about episodes that make you feel things emotionally. So emotional episodes. And we have two episodes. We have Adventure Time, the episode... I remember you and the episode of Futurama luck of the Fryrish. Those Spelled two episodes. Exactly how it sounds. Exactly. Fryrish. Yeah. 
Watch it on Netflix. <laughs> I mean, this is season two, guys. We've reset our Batman the Animated Series and Futurama clock, so you can just really expect a lot more of this for like the next two episodes, and then it'll go away again until we reach season three. <laughs> awesome. That's just how it works. As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Cotino, uh, and to Jacob Reed for the music. Catch us on the web on Twitter at WG Animated. Find all of the show notes at Tumblr, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com, and find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash WG Animated. Do you want to do you want to try a Mark Hamill laugh? No, I'm not going. Do you want to? No, God no. God no. I was just gonna say there's a certain rhythm to these things, and at this point the rhythm is we say goodnight everybody. Let's just do that. Okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs>